Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Stover. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires. I'm a formerly undocumented Mexican-American and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world. And I'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey. I talk about personal finance, money mindset, working, unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. Hey y'all, how's it going? Pride Month is in full swing. Happy Pride! I'm in LA, just went dancing to some cumbia with some awesome online friends, um, and that seems to be what I'm doing out here, and it's exactly what I came for. I didn't come to LA for the cost of living at all. I came here to build in-person community, and I am so fucking good at it, if I do say so myself. (laughs) Just in the past week, I went to a queer Latinx in tech meetup alone. I didn't know anybody there. It was in downtown LA, but as soon as I walked in the room, I felt at home and it was so nice to not be the only queer person or queer Latinx person in the room. I ended up staying there for four hours and making some awesome connections. And (laughs) I downloaded this app called the Blink app, which basically allows you to have a scannable QR code that links to your phone number, email, business, LinkedIn, in my case, IG, my IG is popping. If you don't follow me on IG yet, what is you doing? (laughs) And I really downloaded that app because my friend Leanne from the Watch Us Thrive podcast, who's helping plan the Puerto Rico Yo Quiero Dinero podcast financial summit on June 7th, she recommended that app. And I thought, wow, what a great idea. Instead of having to type in your IG or your email or your phone number, to scan that shit. That's what people be doing anyway for Venmo and all these other apps. So why not just do it for your whole ass self? My friend Brenda from Tamarindo the podcast said, well, if you're single, you might meet Bay at the summit in Puerto Rico. So you should make a t-shirt with a QR code <laughs> so that they can scan it and learn more about you. <laughs> but I'm good with just the app, y'all, poco a poco. Um, So I'm so excited for the Puerto Rico Our Money, Our Power Summit in San Juan. It's going to be June 8th through the 10th. I'm leaving June 7th with two of my money coach friends, uh, one of whom I don't think I've met yet in person. And we're going to go share an Airbnb, fly together there. And I'm excited to meet Janice, who founded the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. And in 2020, that podcast is what helped me stay sane. When COVID hit, I was all alone, depressed, suicidal, living in Indianapolis in a studio apartment, working as a stockbroker. And her podcast really made me want to quit my job and serve my community. And she also helped me get my business going. I was one of the first people who signed up for her side hustle moguls cohort. And I invested in her bloggers cohort. And it's been really cool to meet some of my friends, Gemma, who blogs about traveling with her dog, and Adriana, who is a Latina estate planning business owner and lawyer. 
I just had lunch with her in Long Beach. Like, it's popping. So, it just hits different when you're able to hug your in, uh, in-person friends who you met online. Ugh. Yeah, so I'm having a ball out here in LA and I'm excited to travel once more to Puerto Rico, even though I'll be honest, I am tired of traveling. <laughs> because I was reflecting on how different my life was. Six months ago, I was chilling on the beaches alone of Boracay, Philippines. New Year's was popping, but I was very alone there. I had to constantly put myself out there and meet people. I made best friends with the hostel that I was staying at, comments by Camino, the staff there were Filipino and they felt like family. We did karaoke nights and trivia nights there. And then I went to Thailand where I found Luna, my kitty, who I adopted and brought back with me to LA. I had to do multiple visa extensions to stay there because the process for adopting a cat and getting her rabies shots was intense. But luckily I had friends watch her while I did visa hops and was able to go to Vietnam for the first time to go to Ha Long Bay and Hanoi, which were on my bucket list and Angkor Wat in Cambodia, which was stunning, but it was the hottest place I've ever been on earth. Woke up at 5 a.m. to watch the sunrise. I got a day pass, and by 10 a.m. I asked the driver, just please take me home. I'm, I'm evaporating at this point. <laughs> and I even got a, uh, it was a hostel mad monkey, but I invested in a private room with air conditioning um, and it had a bathtub on the balcony because I wanted to be bougie on a budget, but it's so fucking hot. Like, I did not set foot on my balcony other than to dry my towels. I did not sit in a bathtub, and there were two massive pools there anyway, so I was chilling at those pools. But my life really was so different. Because I was traveling alone, I was... I was more self-centered. I was always getting massages, treating my meat suit well, taking care of my physical self well, and going out to eat a lot. I didn't touch a stove like a single time because it's cheaper to go out to eat there, in my opinion, than to just cook your food. Because I knew that as soon as I'd get back to the States, I would be, have to be back on my meal planning and grocery shopping intentionally and cooking in order to survive the capitalistic system to set myself up for early retirement. So it's wild to me how much my spending habits automatically have changed since I've been here. I only go out to eat when it involves meeting up with people. And speaking of meetups, I was able to meet up with my business coach, Katzel Carmen, who is opening enrollment for her next six month cohort of her business coaching mastermind. I'm definitely reinvesting in that again. I love being in a community of entrepreneurs. We're basically my coworkers who are my future millionaire friends. Like if I had a future millionaire group text, that would be it. And on Friday, Kat took me and Soledad from Wealth Para Todos and Natalia from Chapina Building Wealth. She used to be mom money boss, I believe. And it was so nice to just hug each other and, and share a meal together get some coaching. I definitely cried <laughs> because of the weight of what we are doing. And Kat really asked me, do you know how powerful you are? And I laughed and I said, yes. And she said, 
you always laugh when you're uncomfortable, but you really are powerful. Keep leaning into what you're doing because there really aren't many people like us who are investing in ourselves and investing tens of thousands of dollars back into our communities so that we can help everybody build wealth and eliminate the wealth gap. Um, so it, it's just nice to feel supported especially when there are people in my social circle who I've had to let go who tell me things like, oh, I can't believe you charge that much or I would never be able to do what you're doing. And in order to stop feeling guilty about my choices as an entrepreneur and now it's been year three or my desire to build wealth, it's important for me to surround myself with people who don't make it a big deal, who do support me, who do see a vision for myself so that I don't gaslight myself into thinking that I'm crazy and that I should just go back to the nine to five because that's what quote unquote normal people do. So yes to building in-person community. Today I wanted to talk specifically about how I'm not a financial advisor. I just had a sales call with my online friend Nicolette who I met almost 10 years ago when I was getting into travel blogging because at that time I was doing my two years of volunteer service as an English teacher with the Peace Corps in Nicaragua. And I had a lot of free time and I spent that free time travel blogging for free, not getting paid for my labor. Uh, if I did get paid, it'd be like 50 bucks a blog post. And Nicolette always organized these travel space Twitter chats, which was what allowed me to grow my Twitter following to like 2000 followers or something really quickly. And I love how she's all about community. I'm all about community. And the other day she booked a sales call to work with me and, and we are working together. I'm super excited. But the only question that she had for me after we talked about how I can help her on her money journey was that she asked me, so are you a financial advisor? Do you have a fiduciary responsibility? And my answer to that, because I know it's something that you're probably wondering as well, is how am I different from a financial advisor? So I'm gonna lay it down for y'all real quick. Or not so real quick, because I don't like to rush it. <laughs> so a financial advisor is somebody who you pay a certain percentage of your money, let's say 3%, 2%, 1%, of your money, they take all your accounts and they invest it and they manage everything for you. Financial advisors usually benefit off of your ignorance. Financial advisors are not going to work with you in your money mindset and help you heal your past money wounds. They don't care if you're first gen and your parents fought about money all the time and money makes you sick to your stomach. They profit off of that ignorance because they want you to pay them. Uh, a cut of your entire net worth, which 2% doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're investing hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and growing that to the millionaire level, they are, are making bank off of you. So financial advisors are who people pay because they don't want to deal or understand financial systems. And so they're paying for that lack of understanding or wanting to understand their money. I want to be clear though that I am a great stepping stone to a financial advisor. I am going to hire a financial advisor one day when I'm out doing my philanthropic work 
venture capital, business funding for LGBT BIPOC, having my yacht parties, taking my family to Mount Kilimanjaro, because that's something that I envisioned for myself at 42 to be doing when I adopt he, they pronouns. Oh yes, I do a lot of future journaling, y'all. It's the shit. Um, I'm not gonna be trading stocks and contributing money to my Roth IRA. I'm gonna be making more money so I won't be eligible for a Roth. But my financial advisor will probably be doing backdoor Roth and handling all that. But that's not gonna be until I'm investing at the multiple six-figure level. Right now, I'm just at the low six-figure level and the millionaire level. But I'm going to know exactly what I'm paying this financial advisor to do for me because I understand exactly how easy it is to just pick the basic investments and let that shit grow. I'm going to be a lot more intentional in who I hire and see me hiring a financial advisor as an investment. How can this person look at making things easier for me in terms of not paying taxes because I'm going to have a more complicated tax situation. I'm going to own properties, invest my properties, have a family, have more complex tax situation. And those are the conversations that I'm going to have with more ease now that I understand exactly how capitalism works and the financial system works. So I'm going to see that as an investment. So I, I tell clients all the time, I say, it's not that you never will hire a financial advisor. It's just that I want you to understand exactly what the fuck you're paying them to do because financial advisors are basically going to be choosing investments in the same way that I can show you how to choose your investments. They're not going to be sitting there day trading GameStop or Apple <laughs> stocks. Stocks. They're going to be choosing the low cost index funds that track the stock market over time that help your money outpace inflation over the long term and they're going to be doing the same thing with all their other clients accounts so that's why i'm a great stepping stone to hiring a financial advisor so that you can understand what investments they're picking and why and have more intentional conversations with them if you are going to be paying them three percent of your million dollar net worth in the future so I hope that that clarifies everything. I don't manage people's money for them. I thought I wanted to do that when I started working as a stockbroker. I did have my licenses in order to explain stocks and the stock market and buy stocks for people because not just any random person can do that. I took very intense exams um, in order for me to be able to do that about a year after working as a in a call center. So. I didn't just become a stockbroker overnight. I had to study for it and my job paid me to study and paid me to take these exams so that I could understand what I was doing with the intention that one day I would become a financial advisor and help people manage their own money. But I realized that I didn't want to become a financial advisor for mostly rich middle-class white people who would have like $500,000 in net worth or millionaires, I had no interest in managing rich people's money for them. The conversations that lit me up when I was a broker were the conversations with the people who didn't have money, who wanted to start investing because they knew they didn't want to be in survival mode anymore. And those people tended to be BIPOC people. It's not a coincidence. So 
So I got more fulfillment out of explaining how stocks worked to people who weren't raised with that generational knowledge, which is a form of generational wealth. So that's why I became a money coach so that I can normalize talking about investing and not make it scary for people. I have no interest in managing people's money for them. I have all the interest in the world in helping them understand their money, understand their investments so they can make those decisions for themselves with confidence until they decide that they're at a certain money level of wealth that they want to outsource that money, but they, they know what they're paying their financial advisor to do because they can't be building wealth blindly. We need to understand exactly what our money is doing for us in all the different ways. We don't have time to say things like, oh, I just make a lot of money, but I spend, spend, y se va por el dinero, y se va como el agua. We don't have time for that shit. We need to be very intentional with our, what our money is doing for us so that we can take care of ourselves and also we're all going to die one day. We have to think about leaving a legacy and leaving generational wealth for our loved ones, whether that's biological family or chosen family uh, or a foundation. A lot of people leave their money to, to different foundations. I could totally see myself living, leaving money to... Uh, an animal shelter or some sort of animal rights organization too, especially after becoming a cat parent. I love animals. I've always loved animals as a kid. And having my cat reminds me of how amazing animals are and how nice it is to have consistent companionship with them. So we're all about the long-term vision out here. Oh, <laughs> Yes. So I wanted to explain that for y'all is a money coach is not a financial advisor. I help clients with their mindset. I talk to them about how they were raised in conversations around money or with, if their parents or primary caregivers didn't talk about money with them. All of that childhood shit affects how you view money. It affects if you're an overspender or an underspender today. And you're going to keep treating your money that way no matter how much money you're making because those behaviors are learned until we decide to look at them with a magnifying glass and break those patterns to help ourselves and our community. So if you're interested in working one-on-one -on -one with me, I am taking new one-on-one -on -one clients for my six-month money coaching program. I want to be that stepping stone for you to one day eventually hire a financial advisor once you actually understand what the fuck you're paying them to do for you. So if this resonates, I invite you to book a call here in the show notes so that we can have a free conversation and talk about your short-term and long-term goals and so that I can answer any questions for you. And it's a safe space where we can just talk about what our next six months will be like together. And if you're wondering... If six months, it sounds like a long time. I want you to ask yourself, are you okay being in your same stressed out financial position six months from now? How does that feel? So if you're not okay staying stuck for months and months and years later without making any changes, then let's get started working together. This is my passion. This is what I'm this is my purpose. 
on this earth. This is my dharma to help people feel more at ease with their money instead of feeling scared with it so that they can make powerful investing decisions for themselves and leave that legacy of social impact for their communities. So I'm going to go off to West Hollywood Pride in a few hours, going to go shake my ass to some more Latin music. And in the meantime, <laughs> I want you to think about your long-term vision for your money. Who do you want to be when you're 75 and retired? What kind of life do you want to live? How will you think, dress, act differently? And I'd love to help you get there. Okay, we're here, we're queer, and we're building wealth together. Happy Pride Month. I love you all. Talk soon. Bye. The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information, products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.